Hello and welcome to Chat Club. I'm your host, Alan Hilchey, and there's only one role in Chat Club, and that is everybody talks about Chat Club. In today's episode, we're going to be episode 8, we're going to talk about ways of how to help yourself with grief. Uh, not only that, just maybe helping a loved one. Last episode, I talked about grief and, and the physical symptoms, the emotional symptoms, talked about a lot of symptoms that you feel when you have grief. So this one here, I'm going to look at more of how to take care of yourself with grief or maybe to help a loved one or a friend. I have some ways and some different way of looking at things. So uh, the biggest thing is when you're grieving, it's important than ever to take care of yourself. The loss and the stress of losing somebody or something can deplete your energy, your emotional reserves and looking after your physical and emotional needs. You also will need help through this difficult time. So the biggest thing is to face your feelings. Uh, you can suppress your grief and, and you can avoid your grief forever. In order to heal it, you have to acknowledge the pain. You try to avoid feelings of sadness or loss, only prolonging the grieving process when you start doing this. Unresolved grief can also lead to complications such as depression, anxiety, sometimes substance abuse, either alcohol or, or drugs you lead into, and this can lead to serious health problems down the road. So make sure that you face your feelings. Uh, another one is express your feelings in a tangible or a creative way. Uh, writing about your loss in a journal is a good way, or poetry, or just writing the good things about the person and why you miss them. Uh, this is a big thing. Uh, another thing is if you lost a loved one, writing a letter saying things that you'd never got to say to them could be a good thing. I mean, you don't have to address it or anything, but you can start with a letter and, and you can make it a process where you write a little bit and then, you know, or you can write different letters every day and be like, hey, you know, something happened today, it was great, you know, or, you know, sitting there and, and you know, hi, how you doing today? I, I really miss you. Um, you know, this is what I did. Johnny's growing up to be such a good guy. Uh, you had such an impact on people. Just different stuff like that. Just um, be creative. Uh, basically what I'm trying to get at. Uh, another one is make a scrapbook or an album celebrating, you know, the person's life or getting involved in an organization to, that was important to your loved one. Now when you come back, what I said about the scrapbook or a photo album, I know for one Christmas with my father we uh, and my parents, we did, um, my brother created a big wall, uh, a wooden album that you could hang on the wall. And it started with, you know, my parents getting married and started, you know, their young pictures getting to my brothers being born and eventually come to me and then would have his grandchildren and stuff like that. You have a lot of different things. I know. In my uh, celebration of my father's life, um, my son made an unreal video and put a lot of the favorite songs that my father liked. And it was very sad because everybody that saw it was made them upset because, you know, seeing him, you know, when he was a kid and then eventually growing up to the man he was and family and then being a grandparent. And there was a lot of different things. He had his family in it and different things like that. So, I mean, that's something you can do too. You can create a video and, you know, when you're feeling lonesome or sad or, you know, you need some, you need to relive some things, you know, you have a video, you snap it on, you, 
you're obviously going to grieve, you're going to be upset, you're going to cry, but that might help with your emotions. It might help, you know, to set in the denial and, and the different things. So, I mean, that's something that, that you can do. Uh, sometimes it's not easy. Um, I mean, there's lots of people that can make videos for you if that's what you're looking at. And, you know, it, it can help. I, I know it helped me because I watched it a few more times and every once in a while I'll click it on because I saved it. It's something I'll never, ever get rid of because, you know, it shows the life of my father and what he, you know, how he grew into the man he was and the family that he has and the brothers and sisters and just different things. Such an... Um, impactful video on myself and I know it's impactful on, on my my son because he's the one that made it so he's a very very creative person so I appreciate that he did that and it was unreal that he did that because everyone was talking about it uh, try to maintain your hobbies and your interests now these are there's comfort in road you know daily routine stuff and getting back the activities that bring you joy and connecting closer to others that can help you come to terms with your loss and aid in the grieving process. So don't stop what you're doing. Try to go through your daily routine. Okay, you don't do it today, but tomorrow start a new day. Like it's no different than going to the gym. It's so hard to do that. And I'm kind of correlating to both because it's very hard to do both in my mind. So if you don't do it today, do it tomorrow. Okay, you had a bad day today. Okay, we're gonna do it tomorrow. So try to do small measurable goals. Try to get yourself back in the routine because you need to get back to life because your loved one wouldn't want you to sit there and grieve all that time. They want you to get on in your life. They want you to be successful. They want you to, you know, endure all the good things that are out there. And the person wants to be there. There's no question, but it's just the way life is. And you have to, you have to think past this grief and you have to think about the future. They can be a part of it. Like I said in my previous podcast about my father and how I sit around with my family and we talk about stories and relive all those memories and you can do that. It's not easy, but once you get in that carefree mood when, you, when you're talking with your family or a person, just remembering things, it helps a degree because you don't forget. These, you know, you're thinking about the happy memories, not how the person passed away. And you think about the when they were here and, and how good they were and... You think about all the good things, and then I really, I really think that. So, when I get into another one, I said, this one here, don't let anyone tell you how you feel, and don't tell yourself how you feel either, because you can't tell yourself that you feel great, or today's going to be a great day. It's in accordance to how your body reacts emotionally and physically. So you have to, you know, your grief is your own, and no one else can tell you when it's time to move on or get over it. So let yourself feel whatever you feel without feeling embarrassed or, you know, judged. You know, judgment upon yourself. You don't want to be someone judging you. And it's okay to be angry and it's okay to yell at the heavens or, or cry or, you know, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to find moments of joy, like I said before. Uh, and when you let it go, you want, when you're ready, you let everything go and you'll be better when you're ready. So you got to get yourself to that point. There's little things and processes that you can do to help you get to the end. So another thing is plan for the grief triggers. And triggers, I'm talking about things that represent, you know, things that remember. So like anniversaries, holidays, milestones uh, that can, re you know, reawake memories and feelings of sadness. So be prepared for the emotional, you know, roller coaster. As I said before, the roller coaster 
when you're sharing a holiday or a life cycle event. You have to make sure that you're ready for it uh, because, you know, facing, you know, facing this sort of stuff is like a roller coaster. So make sure you're facing, you know, face to face and accept the assistance that's being offered. You know, often people don't want the help and but don't know how to get the help. So, you know, you can't tell people what they need or, or anything like that, you know. So, you know, that's the biggest thing. Um, another one is accept that many people feel awkward when they're trying to comfort someone who's grieving. Uh, it's probably the most awkward thing when you and when you come up to someone and you say, well, I'm sorry for your loss. You see a lot of that stuff on Facebook where people put condolences to you and your family or, you know, whatnot. But when you get face-to-face, -face, it's really awkward and people don't know what to say. And, it, and don't, don't ever take anybody... Uh, because they're awkward that they don't care or they don't, you know, they, they just feel very awkward because uh, a loss is a very awkward thing for a lot of people and they, you know, it's not a common thing, you know, it's not an everyday occurrence, this this sort of loss and, and grieving and, and losing a loved one or even a pet or something that's dear to you. So, you know, grief can be a confusing time and sometimes frustrating emotion many people, with many people especially if they haven't experienced a similar loss themselves. Uh, they may feel unsure in how to comfort someone or end up saying something or doing something. That, you know, they may do, do something that's wrong or say something. So don't take them as being ignorant or, or don't care. People are awkward in how they perceive, like if they've never had a, a, a grief, if they've never had a loved one loss or, or, you know, dealt with grieving themselves, Sometimes people don't know how to say the right things, and it's not that they don't want to say the right things, it's just that they've never experienced it. So don't use that as an excuse to retreat into your shell, avoid, you know, or avoid the social contact. If a friend or a loved one reaches out to you, you know, it's because they care. They care about you, and don't retreat and don't be social. So make sure that you, you know, you accept, you know, people saying stuff, and sometimes don't take it personal what they say. If, if, if they're being like awkward or whatnot, they're not trying to, you know, get your goat or anything like that. Sometimes they just, some people just don't have the correct words or the right terminology to express their sorrow. And it's not any, it's just in how we interpret things. So try not to take things too personal if they're awkward. Make sure, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, another one is draw comfort from your faith. Um, if you follow a religious tradition, embrace its comfort in its morning rituals, and it can provide spiritual, you know, spirituality. Spiritual activities that are meaningful to you, such as praying, meditating, or going to church, can offer a lot of solace and, you know, peace and stuff like that. Uh, if you're questioning your faith or in the wake of a loss, uh, there's all kinds of different um, resources in the religious uh, organizations. I, I know I'm Catholic and... I have a priest if I can if I need to to talk to someone and they're they're very they've dealt with grief their whole entire career the the priest so they have a lot of experience and and have seen a lot of different uh, grieving processes and uh, they've seen a lot of different things not saying that yours is going to be the same as everyone else yours is going to be different because individualized uh, there's attachment towards you you know that you have I get that. But make sure that a lot of the religious organizations have, you know, priests, pastors, reverends that do have training or do a lot of educational stuff to get themselves prepared to help their congregation or, or members 
they're they're trained in this because they need to understand grief themselves and, and how to help out their members or you know congregation or whatever ways so the biggest thing is they're there to help and they want to help because they want to keep you as a member because that's the part of their their community and their organization to keep everybody uh, in the congregation but it's not more of that it's more of you're a part of a family part of an organization organization and they want to keep you because it's a family feeling that a lot of the religious factions have because that's what keeps them keeps their churches going or whatever organizations whatever buildings or whatever that that's what keeps them going they have to have that community feeling so if you're feeling that the grief is taking you they, there's these resources that a lot of people don't think about or they feel awkward themselves so don't feel awkward if you want to talk to a priest or a pastor or a reverend because in essence this is what they're here for they're here for spirituality they're here to you know to recognize your feelings to understand because everybody questions their religion everyone's questions their spirituality at one time in their life or many times because that's what it is it's the the unknown factor so make sure that you take all the resources that you can get to help yourself through this hard hump or complicated grief or whatever you're feeling because it's how you're feeling not how I'm feeling or your mother your father or whomever your child or whatever you know this is your feeling so make sure that you take care of yourself so when I say this, you know, talk to the clergy member or whatever religious person that's in your community. They're, they're accessible. And they'll definitely take the time in to listen. And it may take two or three or four times or maybe it'll take one session, whatever. They're there for that. And that, that's all free. That's free. You don't have to pay for it um, because you're part of that family organization. So make sure that you take notice and, and you, know, you know, investigate it for sure. Join a support group. Uh, grief can feel very lonely, um, even when a loved ones are around, or you know, even if your family's around. These support groups are very essential in the community. Sharing your sorrow with others that have experienced similar losses can help and be comforting to yourself to know that you're not alone. To find a grieving group in your support area, contact local hospitals, hospice, funeral homes, counseling centers, or just look at the resource sections on the internet. There's all kinds of stuff. There could be stuff on Facebook, like uh, different, you know, group support groups. I know there's various ones that put it on Facebook now. And just make sure because here's the thing that I look at these support groups, and I've gotten, I've been in Wings of Change, and the biggest thing about these support groups is they don't judge, they validate your feelings, they listen to you, and. You know, sometimes when you're sitting in these groups, you might be able to pull some things from other people that might help you, or you can try. They may not be successful, but at least you're trying and you're trying to help yourself, you know, get over the grief and to have back to your normal routine. And that's essentially what you're trying to do to get through the process. Not that you're trying to forget the person, because you'll never forget the person, but to find a way to be at peace and to live your life and a happier fashion is, is essentially what we're trying to get towards. So another one that I have here is talking to a therapist or a grief counselor. If your grief feels like you're getting too much, it's getting too much to bear, find a mental health professional with experience in grief counseling. Uh, an experienced therapist can help you work through the intense emotions and overcome your obstacles 
to your grieving. So they have a lot of different things. They're, they're specialized in it. So if you get to the point where it's not helping, I know there's, a, if you're in the provincial government where I am, we have the EAP, and check with the resources that you have at your workplace, whether it's federal, provincial, and even check it if you're a company, because there may be something there to help you, some free counseling that they offer their employees. So make sure you take the time to research all this. So another one I have is using social media for grief support. I know a lot of people put memorial pages on Facebook or on other social media sites, and it's become very popular um, and worldwide to inform you know loved ones passing or to reach out for some support, as well as allowing for impartial practical information, such as funeral planning. These pages allow friends and loved ones to you know post their own tributes or condolences, which was just very nice. Uh, reading messages can also can also support yourself and, and comfort yourself in these you know hard times. Uh, I know when my father passed away, we uh, went through a funeral home and there was a site and it was social and people could put in their condolences and we had hundreds of cards and it was to different people in the family, whether it was my brother or me or my mom or my you know not my dad, my dad passed away, but. For my mother, for sake, you know, to, to hear those sort of things, people written words, it helped with the grief. You know, to go through and, you know, okay, this is my brother, this is my other brother, this is my mom, this is mine, this is, you know, and it was nice messages. I had messages from, you know, my family, um, from friends, work, colleagues, um, very supportive people um, that recognize the grief and they, and they recognize... I mean, I had I had one from one of my uh, one of my bosses that, that hit me pretty good. Like it was really nice that they took the time out of their their day. I know it's all human, but you always think that your boss is or your hierarchies, you know, doesn't have the time. But in actuality, they do. But when they actually do it and you see the results of it, it helped with my grief. It really absolutely did. So if anybody is out there that is an employer that have you know has the ability to do that please do it because you know to show a sense of empathy and compassion towards someone else also helps at the workplace so if you're an employee um, a co-worker and an employer sending these messages to people is very helpful with their grief to recognize that you think that their grief that you're validating their grieving process essentially so if you can do something to help someone, I say do it. As awkward as it is sometimes, do it because it's the right thing to do. And you need to support other people because that's what we should be doing. That, you know, because I'm a firm believer in karma. And karma is one of the things that, you know, if I do something good for someone today, that I don't do it to, you know, to look for something in the future that's positive. If I just do it because I care and do it because I want to help someone. Somewhere down the road, I believe myself, something good is going to happen to me. May not be what you think, but if you really look at the things that happen, sometimes it's really neat when you sit back and say, uh, for instance, I bought somebody a coffee and, you know, they they were very appreciative. They didn't know about it. It's kind of like paving it forward sort of thing. Then somewhere down the road, somebody gave me a coffee. So all the positive vibes and everything eventually turns out to be some positive things to you if you look hard enough. 
So, but I mean, of course, posting sensitive content in on social media definitely has this risk because there's some people that are, you know, could say some negative things or post, you know, inappropriate stuff. I mean, that's going to happen, but I mean, you're going to have internet trolls, but in a lot of cases, people don't do that. Uh, you know, there has been some, you know, well, well publicized cases of strangers posting cruel messages or abusive messages on memorial pages. Um, you know, be, be aware of that and don't take it personal. Like I said, you know, but to gain some protection, you can opt on creating a closed Facebook group rather than a public one, which, you know, means some people have to be appropriate and, you know, the members group can access and, and you can put out invites to this, you know, you can create your own page. Uh, remember, you know, it's important to remember while well, on social media, it's, it's a really useful tool to reach to others. So it can really, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's on social media. So the thing is, is it's not face to face. So, but it, it can help because it did help me. So, I mean, you can make a closed Facebook page and invite all your friends and they can invite their friends if, if so choose, but you have access to the administration page, which means that you have, and if you don't know how to do that, there's lots of people out there that can help you. And if you want to have that memorial page, set up for you know your loved one whether it's your father your mother uh your wife your your sister your brother whomever grandfather grandmother you can do these pages and you can put lots of different stuff on there you can put pages you can put little videos on there i mean creativity is the number one thing and if it helps you get through the process hey do it embrace it enjoy it as much as you can and i know there's going to be sadness with it but make sure that you know you can do this and it's not hard because I've done it with my uh, chatbook, uh, chatbook, chatbook, chatbook webpage that I have on Facebook. I have it there, and then I encourage everyone to join it because uh, I, you know, I love to have comments and expressions of interest. Say that you, you know, throw a subject out there that I should talk about, and I'll, and I'll do it. Absolutely, this this channel's for me to help me get through stuff, but it's also to help reach out and help out millions of people across the world with have mental issues or dealing with some certain thing in their life. Hey, one thing that you're dealing with, there's millions of other people that deal with the same thing. And grief is one of the most uh, interesting ones because it hits everybody in every different way. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing. So. Now, that's how to take care of yourself. These are some helpful tools to help yourself. So here, I'm going to turn it around and do a different way. And I'm going to have helpful hints. And here's some positive ways to help or support a friend or a loved one who is grieving. So there's some other things. Um, when you're dealing with someone that's going through the grieving process, it's a friend or a loved one, the biggest thing is to be reassuring and sympathetic company in a very good listener. Uh, listening without judgment or resisting the urge to try to fix it or try, you know, try to say something to let them let them vent because essentially that's what you're there to do. You're that human face-to-face -to -face contact that you're sitting there and you're venting. You're venting what you know how you're sad and everything. And if they ask for what do you think about this, then answer. But don't try to don't try to validate validate what they're feeling. Absolutely, validate everything that they're feeling because it's what they're feeling. But don't try to say, well, maybe you maybe you feel like this because of this. 
don't start judging because when you start judging, then they're going to close themselves off. Then you're going to have, they're not going to trust you because essentially when they're coming to you, they're trusting you. So make sure that, you know, you're very sympathetic. Uh, be a good listener and, and research, you know, reassure them that you're here to listen and to help them. So you, you need to offer specific, you know, support, saying something, if there's anything that I can do, let me know. Um, is always, you know, done with the best intention. But putting, that puts the responsibility of the green person to reach out for help. Instead, I'm going to drop by tomorrow with some groceries. I'm going to call in a few days. We'll catch a movie. How about going for a walk tomorrow? This can be more effective ways because you're signifying specific plans to help or connect with someone. Don't leave it to the person, you know, uh, I'll be there, you know, I'm here if you want to, you know, want to talk. Drop by randomly. Say, hey, I was going out for coffee. Do you want to come? So you're, you're getting that face-to-face, -face and, it, you know, you're helping them get out of the, you know, whether, whether the funk or the immersed grieving. So, I mean, sometimes you, you're, you're re-triggering their brain for something different. So maybe they forget about the grieving for a little bit. And maybe it helps them do the other stuff, is doing new stuff, like going for a walk or, hey, I'm going to catch a movie tomorrow night. Do you want to come? So you're putting a yes-no response into them. And, you know, you say, oh, man, I really want, you know, I really don't want to go by myself. I'd really like if you come with me, you know, and then you're validating that they're important to you, too. So there's that connection. So just make sure that, you know, you offer specific support. I mean, you know, okay, I'm going to drop by tomorrow. You know, maybe I'm going to go for coffee. Maybe you want to come. Um, you know, try to do stuff with them. Um, and that's just being a good friend. And sometimes when you're in the car going to the movie, they're going to vent there. That's okay, but that's that's what you're there for. Because essentially, if the role reversal, you would hope that they would do that for you. So, I mean, every good turn deserves another, essentially. Uh, you know, saying God has a plan or time heals. When someone's experiencing significant loss, sometimes that's not very helpful. Because you're telling them what to do. Uh, if they ask for that, that's different. So experiencing significant loss, you know, is different in everyone's eyes. Uh, it might be said to be with, you know, with good intentions, but it also makes someone feel that their feelings aren't being validated when you say God has a plan or time heals all wounds. So try to stay away from phrases from that. Don't try to tell them what they should be feeling because then they're not going to feel validated or they're just going to feel, you know, feel like you're not listening to them. And it's okay to feel angry or sad when they lose someone or something significant. You know, having their feelings validated is important because it shows that they're important and what they're feeling is, is valid to them. Like I said, everybody grieves differently. So you have to watch out by not saying certain specific phrases. Uh, discouraging expressions of grief or shutting off discussions about the person who died is not helpful because these are a part of the healing process for a lot of people. Don't worry about talking about the loss. It isn't going to remind them because the loss is likely not far from their thoughts anyway. So sharing stories about one person who died or the times in the past before they get actually lost can actually be very comforting and can be somewhat help, helpful for somebody moving forward. So when I reverted back to the time that I was in the last episode, I talked about when I saw my dad the last time. 
and my brothers were there, and my stepniece, which I love very dearly, um, very much so we sat there as a group because I never saw my father. I didn't have that. I didn't have the last time I seen him because the last time I seen him was two weeks ago. Uh, and, and I felt guilt for not seeing him within the two weeks. But here's the thing. Now that I know that, you know, life, we all have different life values and different life experiences. And we have to go on with our life. And we can't. We don't have a time limit on when we pass away in this world. And I understand that my father passed away two weeks later. It wouldn't have mattered if I seen him in those two weeks. What mattered is that I know he loved me, that I know that he cared about me, and I know that I loved him and he knew I loved him. And, and God bless him and, and, and his sisters because his sisters used to come to me all the time and say how proud my father was of me and my brothers and where we are. And he always talked about me. So again, reliving all those memories, like stories or, or listening to, you know, old friends that he hung around with, saying how proud they were of you and where you are in your life. That helps with the comforting feeling of the grieving process, to know how they felt about you before they passed away. So, so powerful, so embracing for me, I know that. So, I mean, when I look at that, I didn't see him in two weeks and he passed away, just bang like that. When I heard the news, I was like, oh, wow. It hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm like, and the first thing in my mind was, I gotta go, I gotta go see mom. So instantly my grief turned to helping someone else, which in turn didn't help my grieving process at the time. But like I said, like, I think I grieved 25 years ago when my father was in, uh, when he had his first massive heart attack. So when I see him hooked up, I did a lot of grieving then. So maybe that was, or, or maybe I'm okay with it. Like I said, everybody grieves in so different, so many different ways. Now, getting, not getting, losing my point here. The point is, when you can rehash good memories, stories, regardless, they may cry, and then they turn around and they laugh. And then they may cry, and they may turn around and laugh. That's okay. That's very, that's okay. Because... They're sad that they're gone, but they're laughing because of the story, because they remember the story. Stories are so embracing and so powerful, unreal. So getting back to when I was sitting there with my brothers, and you know we were sitting there with my my father, and they had them had him just a sheet over him, and he was there. Well, it was powerful because it gave me sort of a sense of ending, but we just sat around for a good hour, just laughing, and, and you know, it was almost like he was in the room with us. I felt that. I felt the spirit or spirituality, and I'm not sure if it was because I was feeling it or it was there. But regardless, I, I like to think that he was there. And I'd like to think that telling the stories and the sense of comfort and the sense of uh, getting through the grieving process, I would like to think he was there. And I like to think every time that I'm thinking about him, he's, he's there. Now I'm getting a little emotional here. And, then, and that's okay. Uh, I'll keep it together, though. I'll very much dry. But, see, here we are. My father's been passed away for three months. Still emotional with me. Still part of the grieving process. Do I get along? Get along? You know, do I get through my life? Do I do go to work? Yes. Has it crippled me? No. But it's still there, like I said. And, and it's going to be there the rest of my life. But I think of all the good memories. I think of how powerful those memories are. Because 
the powerful memories going through Christmases, all those good things, all those happy memories, all the times that you laugh. I know there's a story when every time I go to where my father lived, my brother doesn't live far away, so I'd call him up. We'd all go to the coffee shop that we go to, and we'd come out and uh, we'd come out and we'd get out of the vehicle and I'd drive and I'd look at my dad and we always talked about. He he doesn't like Fords. Never did. Never will. Ever. Uh, it's funny because every time I get out, my brother got a new Ford truck. So we go on about the military grade. So that's a story that sticks out in my mind all the time. Because even when he had a stroke, he couldn't you know communicate a lot. He would laugh. And my father was such good humor, very quiet man. But his humor was so so like he was genuine, and you could feel it when he laughed. It was funny. And it's he's such a he was such a vital part of my life, more than I even knew, and that and that's essentially what happens, is you start to think about the impact of the one that you lost, and that's okay. So, getting back, and that's just a little bit of my experience. I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. Uh, reassuring someone that their feelings are normal, and they're and they're valid, and and it's just normal, very supportive thing to do to validate their feelings, and don't be judgmental. Because you know, because they aren't thinking or feeling or behaving in the same way that you would. Uh, you know, they need to know that you're there for them. Uh, they need to know to feel and express themselves in their own way, and that's a vital part of grieving, is expressing in their own way. So another thing is grieving is often a bigger loss is you know often bigger than the loss. For instance, if someone loses a parent. There might be other stresses felt around this financial support or family roles or security. And with my mother, like she would have to live by herself. That's my example to this. Is and then we were we're scrambling what's going to happen with mom. And my mom was worried about being by herself because she didn't want to be by herself, and no one wants to be by themselves. So I mean, I had to think about where I was in my career, where I was, because I was I lived two hours away. My brother lived in Ormacto, so. When this all come to terms, when my brother said, I'm going to move him with mom, kind of took a sense of relief. And not, not because I didn't want to go, but um, I had a son that was in school. I had, my career was here. How was it going to impact? Like, I got four days on, four days off, and a lot of different things come to my head. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? But my brother stepped up to the plate. God love him for doing it. And, you know, it made my life a little easier. But don't forget, like, I am going to take my time where my mom's going to come to my house. And eventually I might move back in that area. And, and those are things that I'm planning for in the future. Because I want to be closer to my you know, my mom. So, you know, keeping, keep including your friend in your life and social activities. Don't always assume they want to be alone or with family because they're grieving. Invite them out to dinner or coffee for a walk, like I said. They may say no. But they probably will appreciate the gesture and know that you're thinking about them, which is, which is very comforting, a part of the grieving process. Maybe they're not ready, but you know what? If you keep asking and keep including them, eventually they will go because the grief will get, the grief will get a lot lesser and lesser, and then they'll want to do stuff. So if you feel like your friend needs the extra support, that the grief is prolonged or intense or interfering with their life, try to connect with some services in your area. Try to be helpful with them. Uh, try to find different things for them, like find the support groups. If they're not actively looking, go look on Facebook and do your due diligence to, to make sure that you know the groups are there. 
Uh, and, you know, of course, don't force it on them. Just, you know, bring it to their attention. Um, maybe go to the, uh, maybe you'll have to be that friend that goes to the grieving group with them so they can get the confidence and the courage to go. That's okay. I mean, these are things that we do for our friends because we care about them. So, and you hope that you're doing this in return, they're going to remember if you're down the road and, you know, if it happens to you, then hopefully that they're going to be there for you or a friend will be. Uh, the biggest thing is to stay, stay very calm and don't take things personally. Sometimes grief can affect and help people react and communicate. Uh, it's confusing, distressful, and can be even hurtful at times. They may say something to you that's hurtful uh, or, you know, how the hell do you know about this or whatever. But don't take it personal. Please don't take it personal because essentially they're just letting their feelings out and, you know, they may feel overwhelmed and act out, and it's probably not even about you. It's just because you're the person that they can take the anger out on or say things, but eventually they're going to turn around and, oh, my gosh, it's kind of a bit of an idiot there, and I really apologize for how he acted. So try not to focus on what they're saying to you or personal. Just focus on them getting their feelings out, because that's the ultimate thing is to let them feel their feelings, because and sometimes it's very hard because they say some pretty nasty stuff, but that's okay. Um... You have to recognize that they're just lashing out. Uh, some people need the time to, to themselves while others need to spend time with people. Be supportive and, and try to resist the temptation telling them how they think. You know, you need to be more and more people. That's up to them to know, you know, and make sure that when you're doing this, get some boundaries for yourself and take care of yourself. You can't, can't help someone feel if they're not, if you, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed yourself. So make sure that, you know, take time for yourself and don't dedicate your 100% time with them. You have, they have to have, they have to understand there's boundaries within your friendship or your, you know, there's only so much you can take and, and not that you're, you know, you know, trying to take, but you don't want to drag yourself down because, you know, you want to help and you want to be there, but make sure that you take care of yourself during this process. So, when we get into this, um, I'm going to leave something to, there's a few things here. Um, there's lots of websites, a lot of information on grieving and how to help people. These are just some that I browsed on that I felt that are pretty good. Um, just make sure that if you're on a loved one and you want, you know, loved one or a friend or something, stay supportive, be judge, non-judgmental. Make sure that you, you know, you take the time to understand their and validate their feelings. Because when you take time and you're not rushed, they feel comfortable and they, there's a lot of trust in this because that's their feelings. That's their inner personal feelings. And when they open up to somebody, they're trusting you with their whole, it's a very trust, like very trust worthy. You know, you're, you're the person they're going to. That should say something about you and how impactful you are in their life. And they'll never forget that because friendship is so deep or, you know, aunt and uncle or, whomever that you are the person for. Just make sure that you're solid with them. Don't be judgmental. Don't try to tell them how they feel or don't try to force them into something that they're maybe not be ready because you lose that trust then you lose that support system for them. And it's important to be that support system. So there's another few things that I know that people, you know, they do tattoos, you know, memorial tattoo. I know a lot of people do that when their parents pass away or, or their kids or whatever. That's kind of cool, I, I think. And, and it could be some, the tattoo art could be a way of, 
you know, always having them there and always, you know, representing that, you know, you haven't forgotten them. Not that you ever will, but it's kind of comforting. I know a lot of people do tattoos or they do memorial pages or they do something in their home to, to you know, to remember the person. Sometimes they do it on their their uh, graves, you know, they really decorate it up and put different flowers and it's a part of the grieving process. So just make sure that, you know, you're there with your person and, and drive them places if they need to be. Uh, be there for them because you're what they need at this time and they're putting a lot of trust in, you know, in you as a person. So, you know, don't take it lately. Don't try to overwhelm yourself with this, but make sure that you're there for the person. So this is the end of my session here, or the end of my episode. And I just want to thank you very much for listening to Chat Club. Uh, I really would love if you could share, put some comments out there. I really want to start increasing my listening portfolio because I think it's important that, you know, we share all this stuff. And there's ways for me to make money in this, and I'm not looking to make for money. It does help me in my podcasting because a lot of the stuff's coming out of my own pocket, and that's fine. I don't mind because inevitably I'm helping other people, which is good enough for me. But if I do increase this, I might look at donating some of this money down the future. So just be mindful um, when you're sharing. And if you see someone grieving or you see someone that, you know, could be a part of this, just send them a little message. Say, I listen to this. I really like this. And I really wanted people to start listening and, and put their comments I've had a lot of positive feedback on my podcast, and I really appreciate it. Constructive criticism is okay because I would like to get better. I think every podcast I'd like to think I'm getting better, but you know, there's always there's always ways to improve your podcast and always improve and how you deliver your message. Please stay tuned to my upcoming podcast. It's going to include an interview with someone that has dealt with grief personally, losing a child. This should be very impactful. Also, I'm going to talk about a negative workplace going to talk about a subject that a lot of people don't like talking about, suicide. Uh, suicide intervention, different parameters around it. They're all my upcoming podcasts. I'm your host, Alan Helchi. Remember one rule. Everybody talks about chat club. Talk to you real soon.